1: Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman. Welcome to the season three premiere of Let's Talk About Brand. We did premiere let's we did premiere chat about brand a couple Tuesdays ago for the season, but the reason we have kept you waiting on the video interview portion of Let's Talk About Brand is for two reasons. One of them was this very exciting live show, which I'm doing from Paris. I'll tell you why it's live from Paris in just a moment. But another one is that I wanted to make the very special announcement that this season of Let's Talk About Brand is generally not going to be a live stream. This one's live, but it is, first of all, going to be a YouTube show, still dropping every single Friday. But it's also going to be a podcast, so the weekly the weekly schedule is going to go Monday. The podcast will release the podcast, which is part of the Ad Week Podcast Network, by the way. Very exciting. So if you are listening to the podcast, thank you for joining us. And then Tuesday is going to be Chat About Brand, as usual. Same topic as that week's podcast. And then Friday will be a YouTube video interview. ...of that same interview from the podcast. So a lot of changes around here. Very excited to kick things off. The reason I'm a Paris is because I'm here on the Agorapulse Marketing Retreat. And today's guest is here with me, Agorapulse Chief Marketing Officer Daryl Prale, who also has quite a strong personal brand of his own. So without any further ado... Let me show you the gentleman here to my side, Daryl Prell. Yay! Whoa!
2: Season three premiere, <laughs> baby. Yes. Thank Lots
1: you so much. Lots of changes. Much. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Bigger, better, bolder.
2: Ad Week. Did you catch that? Ad, Ad week. week
1: Podcast Network. Whoa. Very exciting. Uh, come
2: on. Somebody's got to. Speaking of brand, right here, baby. Right.
1: Right. And you have quite a personal brand of your own. I keep
2: saying that, but my wife and kids don't agree. But carry on.
1: I mean, I'm a brand. I'm a brand. You got to tell them all the time. Yes. 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 (laughs) I keep trying to tell mine that they should really want to wear my swag around. My husband does sometimes. But you know, I was. I have swag. The
2: other day, I was I was in uh, (laughs) I was in Giphy, and I did a search term. Yes. And up comes one of your gifts, and I'm like. I know this person. So I have over a hundred. I know when you're in Giphy, you've made it.
1: Yeah, and it's good when your boss's boss is starstruck by you. Yeah, just just a tip for personal branding right yeah. there. So speaking of personal branding, I'd actually before we talk about um, brand evangelism, which is the topic of today's show, I'd like to hear a little bit from you about your own personal brand because you know you're an, you're a, a chief executive there. You're your chief marketing officer. And uh, so some people, they think of personal brands as something that people who are solopreneurs have or people who are just getting started or people who are trying to be influencers. Um, So I'd love to hear from you how you came to embracing and building your own personal brand first and foremost.
2: No problem. So I can answer that question. So, yes, I'm a chief person. Um, I'm a chief marketing officer currently. Most recently, my last job, I was a chief revenue officer, meaning I own sales and marketing. And it all be- it all began on a dark, stormy day in 2017 when I th- I started the last job, and uh, and we had no money. But my competition had over a half billion dollars in funding, and I knew if I was going to drive the sales and the marketing for the company, we needed to compete without money, and that was the start of building the brand because people buy from people, people are getting referrals, inbound activity. That's where it all comes from. And I remember having a conversation with my CEO at the time saying, we've got a massive brand on the corporate accounts, Twitter, Facebook. And we did, we had a massive following. I said, but people don't buy from anonymous, faceless people. They don't. They buy from brands. And I said, so I need, I need to invest in my brand. Now, if somebody else in the company wants to be that evangelist, I'll step aside and go figure. Nobody else wanted to be the evangelist. (laughs) So out of necessity, that's how it began. And honest to God, I had no idea what I was doing. And I hired a young lad. I paid him $500 a month. And I said, teach me how to use LinkedIn. And I made the biggest mistake of giving him my login credentials. Oh, and he did the basic stuff. He just taught me how to post the frequency, yeah. how to engage. He taught me the importance of commenting and developing relationships. And then what I taught him, because he was way too safe, I taught him about how you have to have a brand persona, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just sound like everybody else out
1: Meaning there. Meaning the persona of your brand, or the, are you talking brand persona like your audience?
2: My, a a pers- brand persona of who is Daryl Prale and why is he noteworthy? Why, why would I remember His brand. How does he stand Who are you and
1: why should we care? And that's actually a question. Who are you and why should we care? Okay,
2: so I have intentionally taken a approach. uh, My Twitter handle, I've had this for years, so kind of like to thine own self be true. My Twitter handle is Opinionated. Now, it's Mm. spelled completely awkward, but it's Opinionated. And that's how I took my own personal brand was I was going to speak truth, whether that be in goodness or in harsh Constructive, hopefully, respectful, hopefully, feedback. And and so that drove a lot of how I engage with my audience. When I saw something that I thought was wrong, <laughs> pitchy, self serving, um, I would call it out. When I saw something that was close, you may have noticed I have a few more white hairs than this wonderful rock star over here does. That's that's called
1: I just dyed them before the trip.
2: Uh, see, now you tell me.
1: <laughs> this is called age Even and a experience. Reel.
2: So I've, I've seen, I've seen and, and and learned, it's like farmer's insurance. We've been around a while, so we know a thing or two. So uh, speaking of branding. So there you go. So it was a case of, I I could speak and say, listen, I like what you're saying. I like what you, A, B, and C, but on D, I think you're completely wrong. And this is why. And then what I would do often is, because, you know, the post nine times out of 10, is not what drives the engagement. It's the discussion in the comments. And whenever I would see, And what I would respond, and there would be a back and forth on that because I had the audacity to challenge the big influencer. The influence what people don't understand is the influencers like that, because that just drives more engagement on their posts. And then so they would jump in. I would then reach out to the influencer and say, Wow, we've struck a nerve with my slight disagreement with your point of view. Do you want to take this and do another event? And they of course would be like, Absolutely. And and that's how it all began. Is that your
1: version of Cash Me Outside?
2: How about that? That's exactly what that is. Exactly (laughs) what it is. Because I didn't know anybody. I had no brand to start from. And that's the important part, right? So it took about a year. It took about a year. But, you know, now I got a little bit of a brand. So there we go.
1: What did you decide that you wanted to be opinionated on?
2: Well, my style naturally has all... I mean, how do... Where do I start in this one, Christine? <laughs> how how do you become a, a, a C-level officer? You don't do it by being a wallflower. Yeah. Okay, so that's honest to God truth. You just don't do it by being a wallflower. And that also means y- you're going to be asked to make some hard decisions, and you better back it up with data. And by the way, if you're wrong, you're fired. So that's kind of the thing. But you're also paid as a C-level officer, to have those strong opinions based on your experience to produce results. So that's where I was opinionated on, was I was very opinionated on all things related to business-to-business marketing and eventually sales. So my reputation uh, is really in the sales and marketing at the C-level point of view, which is so interesting because when I joined Agorapult, I went from, my last company was a company called VanillaSoft, huge company, we made them big, in the sales tech space. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to AgoraPulse, huge company in the marketing tech space, and this was every branded individual's worst nightmare because there's two <laughs> things that happen here. One, all the people I knew and my reputation was in the sales world and I'm moving to the marketing world where I've got nobody. Mm-hmm. Two, all my reputation was with the C-level officers but in the social media media world, the brand is actually much more prolific at the practitioner not at the executives.
1: And to clarify, by practitioner in this industry, we mean like the people actually doing, doing. the social media manager, That's the, right. the the marketer. Yep, got it.
2: They're pra- they're, they're doing the practice yeah. every day of actually, you know, engaging, newsjacking, posting, and commenting. We
1: sure are. Their content targeting. creation,
2: content creation, their machine, important. right? Mm-hmm. So I I lost my brand influence double. I lost it in the in the market segment and I lost it in the target, you know, persona that I target. And that's it. So I have to start over and then do it all over again. But the the thing is, what I did in there works equally well here.
1: Which is what?
2: Ah, which is what? <laughs> Look at how she's just pulling it out of me. Isn't this I crazy? Mean, it's what I do. Okay, so it's really just the basics. You can go to any YouTube article and do exactly what they're saying. You identify the main speakers, the main players, the influencers. How, all right, simple stuff, right? Who's Who's got great content? Who's getting shared? Who's speaking at events? Who's got a great podcast? Who's got a great live stream that gets a lot of engagement? Those are the people who shape the conversation. You follow them. And then you follow the people who follow them, who are actively engaged, that second level down. And then you start... You know, you can just do the initial following and high how pers- hyper-personalized connecting and all that wonderful stuff. But then you start actually engaging a little bit so they know you're you're not a stalker. You're not going to swat them. That's bad. Just rule of thumb. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and then you start opining and giving your advice and challenging where necessary. Um, so that was the big part. The other part is, so that, that kind of helps you, the base. There's kind of two more elements, I would say, that are really big uh the second element on your personal on especially your personal branding but it applies to business as well is having a persona so true story you know before i came on here i got i got these glasses but but these are the glasses i had on seconds before this is my what i use all the time but you know when i'm here you know i got the blue frames work with the blue eyes I work with the spiky hair. I only have spiky hair when I'm going to be on screen. Otherwise, it's flat and boring, and I look like an old man. So this is the persona, so that when you're scrolling on your timeline and you see this spiky hair, white hair, glasses, oh, that's Prale, right? So it becomes your own trademark. So. Having an identifiable image persona, you're the same way. I mean, your image is very distinct. There's
1: always red. I feel a There's little always strange red. not having my red curtain right. behind me. I almost brought it, but, you know, suitcase. But space. that was
2: intentional, right? Yep. And the funny part was, and we've never talked about this, when mm. I was at Vanilla's I set up a studio for all my production work. Yep. And I had a red curtain. And like at the movie theater. Like I, I know. And <laughs> when people came in on Monday because I set it up on the weekend. Mm-hmm. They came in and they see this... Let's call it this adult-themed esque <laughs> red curtain. They wanted to know what we were filming in this studio, and oh they're like, goodness. "Really? Why did you go with red?" And I said, because it's got to stand out." Yeah, and it becomes distinctive.
1: Absolutely, and I've still got my. If you can see, we have our little frame yes. here,
2: and I mean, so how never many without it? Well, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. It's it's your trademark, right? Yeah. so they know it's your content. Mm-hmm. So you can be your studio, it can be your look and feel, but it's got to be something distinctive. Uh, so then, then the last part of that three-legged stool is you've got to add content, and it's got to be value add. It's got to be helpful. It's got to be educational. It's got to be insightful. It's got to be uniquely yours, your tone, your voice. It's got to be consumable, and you got to multi-purpose it. And that's the hardest part, quite often. But if you don't do that, then you're just a, another person with an opinion, and there's a lot of people like that. I know this guy on Twitter; his handle's opinionated. Don't follow him.
1: Oh my goodness! And you know what they say? Opinions are like.
2: Yes, yes, I do. I won't go there, but I do know everybody's got one, that's the how it ends.
1: It it is true. It is true. true. Now to go back to the first leg of that stool. It yes. sounded like you were kind of saying that you wanted to observe the conversation a yes. little bit before entering yes. the that's conversation. Exact, I wasn't kinda
2: of saying that's what I was saying. Yes. Well yes.
1: reflective listening. We talked you about do. that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we this week in Paris we did a session on communication and I think you were actively listening in that communications, because she played back to me what I said. I love that.
1: Yes, well, yes. I've done communications work. It's
2: almost like you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's almost like I communicate for a living.
2: Right, and it's crazy. <laughs> so what do you want to know about as part of the the ponder, the, the kind of the actively listening part? For me, let mm-hmm. me kind of jump in. I, I asked the question and I just started answering. Go for which, it. Guests love me. Hosts love me. Um, <laughs> it, part of that's just getting the feel of the land, right? So again, i use the example of me moving from the sales community to the marketing community. I can tell you, just by actively listening and observing... The dialogue, the topics, the tone, completely different. So if I were to take my sales persona into the marketing community that I want to become an influencer in all over again, that wouldn't have worked because I would have been the outsider and they're like, he's not part of our tribe and they would have ignored me. So it's understanding what the issues are, who the players are. It's understanding the commentary, the opinions that the tribe, the community... Uh, will embrace or will reject right because we've all got standards for lack of a better word we can talk about this topic not about that topic that's taboo so part of that you just get you're reading the room is really what you're doing before you step forward and start contributing to the conversation because that way you're contributing in a way that you know the room will be receptive to
1: And going back to the whole knowing who the key players are, understanding the lay of the land and the room, that goes back to the topic of today's show, brand evangelism. Yes. Which is that, I mean, I imagine part of when you moved into this space as opposed to sales tech going into MarTech, part of what you were doing, you were looking at who the key players were. I'm sure was also getting a sense of the competitive landscape. Yep. Because the key players were probably talking about the competitive landscape they were so i'd love to talk a little bit about that about how key players play into a brand's strategy
2: okay oh my goodness yeah okay so where do we go with this there's so many ways we can go with this well
1: first let's let's actually go back to the beginning and talk about what brand evangelism is by your definition
2: so okay let's we may or may not agree, but this is a true live stream, even though we're going to go in this season to pre-record it. This is true. Let's, let's see if we disagree. So if you disagree, you tell me you disagree. Sounds good. We have a deal? Okay, great. So to me, brand evangelism is all about the idea that the brand is being put forth. And let me explain what that means. So you're not hiding from the brand. So whenever I make content, I make a lot of video content, um, I, I would do something like this. Okay, just open it up. Hey guys, it's Daryl Prale from Agorapultz. The industry's best social media management tool. And today, we're going to talk about brand evangelism, and and I never mention Agora again until maybe the end. You know, hey guys, I, I mentioned I'm Daryl with Agora You want to learn more? Go to agorapulse.com. Okay, so ninety. 98- I'm sure they
1: talk about that on on Ad Week.
2: Yes. Wink. 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 <laughs> But I, I didn't hide from the brand. In fact, I put it out there. And a lot of people are like, I can't do that because that's pitchy. No, it's not pitchy. If my whole conversation was around Agorapultz is the best X, Y, and Z. And I say Agorapultz, Agorpalts, Agorapults, That's pitchy. If the conversation I have only speaks to my strengths and avoids everything else, that's not genuine and you will smell it a mile away. But if I acknowledge the brand... You guys said, well, yeah, because you work for somebody, I work for somebody, we work for somebody. So that's the first part. Second part is brand evangelism means that you're going to project elements of that brand persona. So, for example, is Pulse uh, a safe, conservative brand that doesn't take risks? Or is Pulse kind of an edgy, hip brand? brand that's doing the latest and greatest in social it's newsjacking. it's it's getting the, the maybe some controversial guests on it's being brutally candid by saying we rock here but we suck there if it's the latter that kind of transparent authentic real genuine nitty-gritty uh, brand corporate brand then elements of that should come through on my own individual personal brand because then it's brand consistency, right? So you don't want to talk to a boring guy if the brand's exciting and you don't want to be hyper, you know, hyper, hyper excited, you know, stupid like I normally am if (laughs) if it's a safe, conservative brand. You know, for example, imagine me being super hyper, super in your face and I'm trying to sell you a financial product that's all about minimizing risk. That is inconsistent brand and the target audience of those financial products would not like me because i don't represent that personality that persona and they will reject my content so there's got to be it's a little bit of acknowledging the brand and representing the brand that's my point of view tell me what i said wrong
1: no my favorite part i'm going to i'm going to string along the, my favorite part of what you got hit on which is that If it's a good fit, if it's a good brand fit, if you're a good evangelist for the brand, it becomes part of your own personal brand in a big way.
2: (laughs) Social media pulse.
1: (laughs) Like my social media pulse shirt, which I was already wearing, which I was going to change out of before this. But you know what? Everyone knows. It's right there. Everyone knows. We'll
2: also mention that we're part of the Adweek podcast network.
1: That's true. I, I wear a lot of hats. You guys, not literally, but figuratively, I wear a lot of hats.
2: You do. Now, one of the things we haven't talked about, correct me, is what's interesting is that when the brands are comfortable, my personal brand versus the corporate brand, one brand can lift another. So I'll use the example of Vanilla Soft. Vanilla Soft had a kind of a middle-of-the-road reputation. I came along, I'm a little more high energy, a little more in your face. And because I was a dominant contributor to the Vanilla Soft content, then Vanilla Soft's corporate brand Started to be perceived as similar to my personal brand. You
1: made it a little less vanilla.
2: I made it a little. I made it a lot less. And a vanilla. little less soft. And a little less soft. You got it. Yeah. And that's the power of, you of it, branding.
1: They, in fact, I heard they were contemplating changing their name to like Pistachio Edge.
2: I've heard that. Yeah. You've been talking to the venture capitalists.
1: <laughs> I have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of financial products, anyway, Pistachio Edge. You heard it go. here first.
1: So so there's internal brand evangelists yes. and there's external brand evangelists. Yes. And then there's people like me who started as an external evangelist. Mike Alton got me years ago yes. um rah-rawing for Agora Pulse, and then I wound up working here. So um I'd love to hear kind of how to approach each of those pathways. Okay. So let's start with external brand evangelists because I think that's what most people think of. And then we'll move to internal brand evangelists. Right. So, external brand evangelists, how do you identify who's going to work well there? There's some who actively work with the company, there's some who don't. Um, how do you, what is your opinion on how those should be nurtured and leveraged?
2: Okay. So, this might be a little redundant. But I talked earlier about what is the corporate brand, right? And the attributes or the values associated with it. So for me coming in as a chief marketing officer, you know, part of what I do is I shape and influence the brand I want us to be perceived by in the market. So this is all external facing. So part of that is, and we had this conversation this week as an example, you know, we sat down and we, we were revisiting the voice that we have in the marketplace today. And we were asking the question, is this the voice we want? Do we want to change it? How would we change it? Maybe we want to drop it down, maybe a little less loud. You want to increase it and be more vocal, more opinionated, whatever it is you want. Then you start to target those influencers, those creators, those thought leaders. And by the way, you want to be clear, you can be a thought leader and not be an influencer. And that's okay because sometimes you want that mix um, who share those values. Right, they personify those exact same values. So there could be a whole bunch of influencers out there that I adore, that I consume myself on a personal basis, but I won't have on a show because they're not representing the brand that I want to be associated with and to project to my target audience. So it's really about being very intentional about the the people, the content, the venues, the events, the trade shows, um, the live streams, the live streams that you either want to have... You want to participate in or appear on. So that's the best way to describe it for me. What did I miss?
1: How would you describe a good Agorapulse ambassador?
2: Okay, so a good... Okay, so... oh, Okay.
1: Okay, how would you... No, no, I can... A- I want to answer you this can question. can for Vanilla Soft if you want. Or, no, sorry, no, 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 I want to go Agorapulse. I want to answer it.
2: And the reason you see me doing this is because it's changing.
1: It is changing. Right.
2: So let me... Let's use that... Do you mind if I use a real-life example? Go for it. Okay, so when I got here at Agorapulse, this is not a criticism... This is just a statement. When I arrived here, we had an excellent, excellent reputation with all the practitioners, the social media managers, all the people who are doing the work of social media every day. We were known far and wide. We were loved, very loyal. I mean, that was part of the reason I joined the company because I can work with that. You know what I'm saying? What we did not have was that same brand affinity with the people who control the budget, the VP of marketing, the chief marketing officer, the agency owner, you know, right? we did not have that same level of awareness. So for us, you will probably notice a lot more content. And I was very important when we had this conversation even this week. I said, we're not getting rid of the content, the relationships, uh, the conversations, the speaking gigs. We're not getting rid of any of that that we used to do. Instead, we're adding on top a much bigger uh, effort to reach the, those budget holders, those decision makers. Uh, and the reason is, is because whereas a social media manager can say, hey, I can authorize one, two, three, four, five seats, a CMO can say, I can authorize 50 seats. And hey, I mean, we're here to make money. So I would rather take 50 seats instead of five with no disrespect to those who can authorize five seats. Go figure. So we've been targeting influencers events content topics that really relate to that uh that that identity that who we want to uh connect with right so the brand changes so you would you will hear us talking about things like roi right you'll hear us talking about margins you're talking about um employee utilization right we talk about uh i know all this stuff that social media managers go i don't want to deal with this stuff yeah. But the the VP, the CMO, the agency owner—they're all about that, right? So it's it's getting the right topics, the right buzzwords, the right content, and we're we're reaching out to those individuals today.
1: Now, internal brand okay. evangelists. Yeah. And and I'm part of this, so this is very meta here, not yes, meta like Facebook. Like yes. Good meta.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> how do you see activating? the internal Pulse force, or how any company should activate their internal force in terms of becoming brand ambassadors or uh, evangelists, as it were. How do you see that working in a way that, again, is not pitchy?
2: Okay, so I'll be curious to see if we agree on the same definition of internal. So when I hear internal brand, what I'm thinking of is what is the brand, say I as an individual, have inside the Agora Pulse Corporation.
1: Oh, I was thinking more like how do we? Yes. Embody and represent Agora Pulse. Oh,
2: so you as like the all the employees. World. So basically, I would yes, refer to that almost as employee affiliated. advocacy, employee engagement, yeah, etc. Ah, yeah, but I'm
1: talking about how we are part of the external gotcha. representation I'm there. of the brand. Okay.
2: But I think we should add the other conversation yeah, too, both. so we can do both. Go for so it. So let's go with your conversation first. I love your conversation. So it starts with the basics. And again, we had this conversation this week uh, here at our retreat in wonderful Paris. Did mm. I mention it was Paris? See the red? See? We're, see, in you We're in Paris. We're in Paris right now. Um, uh, so a lot of that is. It starts at the top. It starts with the CEO, uh, the CMO, uh, basically your, your executive suite, which is what are the company values. That you want to embody. So I'll give an example again. I'll just keep on using Gore Some of the company values that we uh, are all about: honesty, uh, respect, candor. And, our, and we have others. I want to stop at just those three. So honesty means I may tell you something you don't like because that's the honest to God truth. But I want to deliver it respectfully, not maliciously, not in design to hurt you. Which ties back into radical candor. If I disagree with you. I'm just going to say, can I be radically candid with you? And I, you know, because that's no, our value. Not. No, sorry. Sorry. I'm out. She's fired. Yeah. We're going to the next person with the red background. Yeah. Um, so you you, are, you need to map out the values and the attributes that you yourself and your employees want to manifest as ambassadors of the corporate brand. So that if uh, if this fine, amazing woman were just to be walking along the street and somebody ran into her and said, oh, "Are you Daryl Prail? And you're like, "Oh no, it's, I'm, I'm Christine." <laughs> I'm not. I'm I know not. we get it. We it's get mistaken for each time. other. Oh my
1: goodness.
2: Uh, they would say after that interaction, "Wow, she was just so honest and respectful." I like re- if, if everybody at Agorapulse is like her, I just I want to buy from Agorapulse, right? So it's those interactions on the trade show floor. It's those interactions in the local user association you belong to for whatever or, or networking professional development that if they see it over and over and over again with every person they talk to at that company, they identify that as the internal side. So that's that's what I would say. What have I missed?
1: Well, I'm curious also about um, about the other side of it that you were talking. OK, about. so let's go to yeah. the other
2: side. OK, so boys and girls. Or those who identify otherwise. Um, let's have a conversation about your own personal brand inside your own company. All right. So one of the biggest challenges that people have when they're trying to go through the ranks of the career, I get asked this question a lot. Daryl, I want to be a CMO. What do I need to do? And part of that comes down to establishing your own brand internal to the organization. So what I've established, I'm just using me as a guinea pig here. For it can be anybody. It could be and like for example, Christine has a reputation. We will let's ask her afterwards what she thinks her internal reputation is. Hmm. Um, I have a reputation for being very direct. I have a reputation for being it was funny this week I heard it over and over again and people we were talking about how do you talk to different types of, of, of personalities, you know? And we were saying, How would you talk to me? And the feedback from the whole team was like, Well, when you're talking to Daryl, you're talking bullets, boom, 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 boom. And you know, how does this matter in terms of us achieving our goals? You know, short, sweet. What's the business case? That's how you talk to Daryl. So that's a little bit of my personal brand. I'm not that flowery that's talk for three hours. I'm going to give you a hug. Um, I'm not that warm, touchy-feely kind of guy. That's Daryl, all right? So part of that is by your actions. The other reputation I have is I get stuff done. Okay, so how is all this happening? It's happening with my interactions and how I talk to you and you and you, and I'm looking at all you out there in live stream room, um, and and that repeated behavior so, if you want to be known for a certain brand because you want to achieve certain goals, then you have to manifest those behaviors and attributes. In other words, let's say you want to be a chief marketing officer, find out what you think a typical chief marketing officer behaves like, or is known for, is reputed for, is capable of. You know, I think of a stereotype. And then you should start adopting some of those personality traits yourself. And then that will put you in the logical progression towards that role because when that, as positions become available on the ladder up to that role, you're top of mind because you logically fit the profile of what they have in their mind. You've established a brand tied to your goal and your objective. So that's what I would say to it. Now, what do you think your brand is internally? And what do you think you are uniquely the only person in the company that would have a brand uh, reputation? Four. Oh, goodness.
1: Only, I'm not sure, because I feel like some of the things that that I'm known for are being enthusiastic.
2: You're known for high energy.
1: High energy, enthusiastic, creative, um, maybe a little determined, which I didn't even realize was such a thing. But this this job brings it out of me. Yep. Um, I want to get, when I want to get something done... And this was not part of me before, but it's interesting because sometimes you put yourself in that place and you become that person. Like you were saying about a CMO, you put yourself in that place, you become that person. Um, I'm a lot more, uh, I don't know how to put it, not determined, not stubborn, someplace in between the two.
2: You're very intentional. Than I
1: was. Intentional. I like that. You're very intentional. I like that. And this You know what you want and you go for it. But yeah, um, but I think that there's several people, um, I think we have a few people in the company who are very kind of... um, the 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 passionate creatives
2: you are and so in the case of Christine because of the brand that she has developed internally whenever we need a trusted reliable intelligent fast thinking on their feet individual to represent the company brand whether it's with investors potential customers on stage there's only a handful of people that we would even consider giving such an important task to. I am not saying that to suck up to her. That's the brand she's established, and we would that. we would give you that task in a way she would go. And what the other part is is that she's her brand is she's also strong-willed, you know, and 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 that's a good thing. Strong-willed is not a bad thing. It just means that Christine has an opinion. Well, where does that opinion come from? It comes from her experience, right? So I don't. W- I personally, I don't want a wallflower. If you think I'm about to make a mistake and you're going to say, "Daryl, you need to rethink this approach," she's actually doing it to save my behind, right? So that's part of her brand. Not everybody will like her brand. Guess what? That's okay because those people may not be her target audience. Part of branding is knowing who your target audience is. And blocking out the noise from everybody else.
1: Love that. Well, we are on for... I could talk about this forever. Yep. You could talk about this forever. Yes, I can. But we're at the half hour mark. Um, so just kind of to, to kind of put a little bit of a point on some of the things that we explored with that. If someone is interested in um, in working with brands more and in becoming more of a voice and more of a thought leader... What are some places that, that you, as someone who has done this yourself and also as someone who's in a position yep. where you're with brands and yep. you are observing these people, um, what's just kind of a quick thing you can do to get started along that path?
2: So the quickest thing is a, a couple of things, kind of a, bit of a repeat. Start making content religiously, time block. It, it, it's got to be a number one, number two, number three priority, not number 10. All right. It can't slip. You got to commit to that. And then number two. Start actively engaging with your network because you're going to need contributors to your content. You're going to need forums to go participate like I'm doing here right now with Christine with your content, with your opinion, with building your brand. Those are the one, two things you need to do. I would say number three, be gentle on yourself. It takes time. You're going to suck at first. You're going to get no engagement at first. That's okay. That's the process. But 6 to 12 months from now, you're going to look back and say, look how far I've come.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Daryl, for making time for this today, especially since, you know, it's 6.30 in Paris. Yes. You know, there's other stuff you could be doing. So thank you so much for being here Glad with to be me here. today. So where can people find you and your personal brand?
2: You can just go to LinkedIn. That's the best place. I'm the only Daryl Prale out there. You can go to the website, Daryl Prell. You can go on Twitter, opinionate it, but simply LinkedIn is the best.
1: And you are DarylPrell.com?
2: I am DarylPrell.com because that's what branding's all about.
1: And I've got to say another thing that I personally love about Agora Pulse is that we have several people who have personal brands. We have several people who own their, their name, .com, yep. and, and who have their own shows like Let's Talk About Brand. And I think especially in the industry that we're in, I'm, I'm grateful to be with a company that values that. So thank you. Ha <laughs> ha And thank you so much, whether you are watching, whether you are listening. In fact, make sure to reach out and tell me where you found Let's Talk About Brand. And as I said at the top of the show, we are going to have new episodes dropping every single Friday on YouTube and new podcast episodes every single Monday on the Adweek Podcast Network. I'll be back next week talking to another uh, smart expert about another element of branding. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.